listeners and welcome back to another episode of the rank bank actually today's our penultimate episode of season one and we've teamed up with another podcast the backseat coaches we've got ben boz and emma going to be discussing our top three unusual sports and we'll have all of our usual games so sit back relax and grab your curling stones Lovely listeners, and welcome back to our penultimate episode of Series One. Today we have some special guests who are our friends, but also have a very successful podcast with over with almost a hundred episodes. It's the Backseat Coaches. We have Boz, hello, Ben, hello, and Emma. Hi, yeah, I'm only a guest on that one as well. Underselling yourself, integral part of the episode that she bothers to turn up for. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, do you want to tell us about the backseat coaches podcast? Yeah, well, I like uh, I like how you describe it as very successful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not sure we dub it as that, but yeah, um, yeah, we t- we talk about sports in general. Uh, we tend to we go over the the lighter side of the headlines for the week, and then Ben brings. We, what we call the WWE, the world's weirdest events, and tells us about uh, a weird sport. And then what else do we do? We play... And then, well, we play a game. The most yeah, important part is course, just a ridiculous yeah, game. Yeah. yeah, we play... Some fantastic jingles. Well, I wouldn't want to blow my own horn, but apart from when I'm recording <laughs> the jingles. Uh, <laughs> uh, and then we, we also talk about the like weird world records that have been broken every week. And yeah... That's pretty much it, isn't it? I don't think I've missed anything out. No, just general <laughs> sports chit-chat about chit-chat. stuff you don't know enough about. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's our life. What's the little tagline on your website? Guys that know enough to know they don't know enough or something like yes, that. Yes, that's, that's about right. I, that was a long time ago I wrote that, Chris. Oh, You're right. asking me to remember things I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the backseat coaches, so go give it a listen. Are you ready? Three. Yep, so what's our topic this week, Chris? Our topic this week is unusual sports. And I think we're going to start with Oz this week. Before we start, before we start, as is uh, customary on backseat coaches, we give each other WWE wrestling names amazing so i've come up with some wrestling names for chris and joe to go by forevermore as well yeah (laughs) so you both have a choice of four because some are reused and none of them are very good (laughs) (laughs) so we'll start with joe you have a derby theme oh yes so you can choose from Rolls You Up Royce, <laughs> The Breakwell Tart, <laughs> The Great British Nailway, <laughs> and Frank Lampard's wrestling sister, Fran Lumphard. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's brilliant. Um, that sounds like a porn name. <laughs> oh, Franny Hardlumps. Oh, well, 
Um, as Frank Lampard only lasted about a year in Derby and his wife absolutely detested the place, I'm going to rule that out. Smart um, woman. Hey. <laughs> um, I like the throwback to Rolls-Royce like that. Nice, nice. But I am going to go with the break well tart. That is an absolute corker. And I don't think many people would know that the Bakewell tart originated in Derby. No, well, I didn't know that they would fair. because it was... Uh, it was, it was on one of the earlier episodes, yeah. Ben's <laughs> <laughs> a regular listener. <laughs> I'm, I'm a regular listener of the one I've listened to. <laughs> you listen to it all the Same time, one over. <laughs> yeah. That's where our one listen came from. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good week. <laughs> so Chris you have uh, a Liverpool theme being a Liverpool fan and from Liverpool so you can be Jürgen Bellyflop <laughs> Virgil van Spike <laughs> Trent Alexander Armhold or the firm Menio oh. <laughs> I know which one I'd go for that last one's rubbish. Go <laughs> with definitely go with Virgil van Spijk. Oh, he's just so cool. Oh, never going to see him again. The Firmino one. What? I agree with Joe. Yeah, I think that's the best one. Oh, <laughs> break, break well tart. This is the best thing that's happened <laughs> on this podcast. <laughs> 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 Jürgen belly flop on my arm. It's me, isn't it? I'm in. It is. I've tagged right. you in both. No, okay. Oh, sorry. Shit. Okay. <laughs> so I've bought three of the most unusual sports from history, is my uh, tagline. So the first sport we're going to talk about is finching, which is a popular sport from across Belgium and the Netherlands since the 16th century. Also known as Vinken sport or Vinken setting, which means Finch sitting. It's mostly played in Belgium now, but in the old days it was played in Bel- uh, Netherlands too. It was started by Flemish merchants uh, who had the birds on their ships and were just trying to sell them. And the best way that they could find to sell them was the, to get them to sing their very distinctive, uh, what's the word, call, I think it is. Basically, they would have competitions on the port to see which bird could do their distinctive call the most. And you can tell the distinctive call. I don't know if you know a chaffinch. Does everyone know a chaffinch? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, know one to see one? But they've got a very, very specific call, which ends in a specific sound, which sounds a bit like suscrit. That's how they transliterate it. Originally, the vinconeers, the chaffinch fanciers, as I like to know them, originally, very sadly, they would poke out the eyes of the bird to focus their senses on the task at hand, which I thought was quite a a rough part of the sport. But they stopped doing that in 1920 after World War I veterans and Thomas Hardy, the famous English poet, started saying, this is horrible. So, yeah, they stopped doing that in the 20s. Now in competition, the birds are like held in dark wooden boxes, which let in air, but nothing else of the outside world. So they're, they're sitting in darkness and they can hear... So because it's like it's a mating call, each one of them is trying to compete against each other. So it's actually competition when they're next to each other because they're trying to attract the mate with their call. My favourite thing about this sport is that they're, like all sports, there are accusations of doping. 
in the sport. <laughs> yeah, Finch doping. Um, the, the champion Finch in the mid 2000s, a guy called Chauvelig, Chauvelig possibly, it's in Flemish, so who knows. Um, he was accused after like breaking the world record by a massive distance. Um, he was accused of being pumped full of testosterone, but those uh, accusations were never proven, so he flew scot-free, I guess. Um, <laughs> there was also like less well more conspicuous ways of cheating uh the one time somebody was entered a competition obviously they're all in like dark cages so no one can see what's inside and this guy got exactly the same score in every three round like in each round he got exactly 725 tweets um and then they so they opened up his cage and there was just a cd player inside (laughs) (laughs) i don't understand why he wanted to cheat at this sport it seems there's no prize or anything for the sport so it seems such a strange sport to come in and cheat at i want to know where he got the cd like he probably got into Woolies just before, like, they were never selling them off at the end of Woolies. <laughs> that's, what, that's only what I did. <laughs> There's also a very interesting contention that Flemish chaffinches, so you know how Belgium is, like, split into two? There's the north part where they speak Dutch and the south where they speak French. I don't know if you're aware of that in Belgium. And the north don't like the south. The French-speaking French... No, French-speaking Belgians aren't big fans of Dutch-speaking Belgians and vice versa. So in competition, they reckon that there is a specific chaffinch call, which is Flemish. There is a Flemish chaffinch call and a what they call Wallonian chaffinch call, which is the French version. And if you're caught, if your chaffinch is caught doing the Wallonian call immediate expulsion <laughs> no, there is no place for Wallonians in competition if they're that if they give it that much clemency they're more likely to just squash it I think <laughs> <laughs> but since 2002 uh, wild finches have been banned from capture for the sport because there's like there's some thought that it's kind of unfair to, to the chaffinches I'm not entirely sure about that doesn't seem that unfair to him just to like keep them up for a short competition and one of the owners said uh chaffinches generally live two to three years and his champion chaffinch lived 24 years so it seems like they're being sort of kept that in a lap of luxury i thought you were saying dope is in really good <laughs> that guy is proper dope isn't it <laughs> or is it because it's his children's chaffinch and he's just replacing it <laughs> yeah, each time. I think they'd know because of the, the very specific call then obviously <laughs> um, the national tele- championships of Vinken Sport are held in Belgium every year and have up to 2,000 competitors and they are nationally televised in Belgium uh, there's also a museum of the sport in, uh, in Liège I think it's in somewhere in Belgium so that is my first sport, Vinken Sport or Vinken Setting. That's, I'm going to write it down. That's a very unusual one. <laughs> it is unusual, isn't it? Mm. You're going to put it down as finching, are you, Chris? You don't want me to I spell don't... out the Dutch for you. I mean, you could, but... Yeah. It'd be so useful for you to show off to Dutch friends, <laughs> or especially Belgians. If you ever meet any Belgians, ask them if they've watched this year's Vinken, so, Vinken Sport and you've got a conversation for half an hour, easy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't understand how it's a televised sport. Surely the radio is a better place for it. Slash a sport. Well, yes, that's true. It is an, very much an animal-based sport. 
a bit like equestrian where the animals mm. are doing all the work but the people get Ooh. the benefit shall i move on to my second sport yeah yeah let's go my second sport is this is the oldest of the sports i've got this is a sport called kotobos which is an ancient greek sport of wine flinging <laughs> uh, as far as I can see, it's like the ancient equivalent of darts because you just get really pissed up and throw some stuff around. This was played in the 4th and 5th centuries BC. It was popular at drinking parties, which I, I did write down what they were called, but they've got like a, a Greek name anyway. Um, and the players would drink the majority of their wine goblet uh, in this very specific goblet. So you think like like the Holy Grail, you know what picture what that looks like. If you like squish that down, so that it's more sort of plate-ish, but still has the handles on either end. That's what the goblets that they would use looked like. Uh, so the competitors would drink most of the glass, but they would leave a little bit in the bottom, what they'd call the wine lees, and then they'd just fling it. And you would fling it in the general direction of a target, which could take many different forms. But my favourite thing about this sport is that throwers were bound by law in the sport to stay reclining at all times so you may, you may not stand up for this sport you're only lying down which i think possibly makes it the best sport of all time because it, <laughs> it just seems so so good basically just so relaxing yeah i could have done with this then yeah <laughs> i'm not sure about staying in shape chris but you would have learned a skill and that's what's important i'd have been, I'd have been a shape <laughs> yeah one very strong arm yeah <laughs> you probably had that anyway um <laughs> is this <laughs> is this not just what we're all doing in lockdown anyway oh, i've seen your house yeah that is what you do <laughs> emma i'm finished with this <laughs> Were the targets were they like people or were they like actual things? Were the targets like like a dartboard or were they like people or like so the targets? So there's there's obviously this is from the early BC. So there's there's limited amounts of information about it, but the Greeks did write a lot down, so we do know some things about it. The targets that I could find find out about um, include like a pole with a statue on the top. Apparently that's the traditional way to play it, and I think it's like you when you knock the pole over, that's when you win. There was also they used to fill like a big like a big bowl with water, and then they'd like float little saucers on the top, and you had to try and fling the wine onto the saucer so that the saucer would sink. Athlete, like Kotoboth athletes, and I'm using that in the loosest possible term, <laughs> but the Greeks held them in hugely high esteem. Uh, and they, in like writings, they compare them to like javelin athletes and people who run marathons and stuff like that. These guys were seen as like, I guess, like darts players now are almost seen as real athletes. It's similar, a similar sort of thing. They really, really rated their Kotobos athletes. Was the one um, really famous one that was mentioned at all, was? I, I couldn't find any like superhero Roger Federer t- style Cotabus athletes, unfortunately. <laughs> I really wanted to try and find a name so that I could really show off, but I don't. I can't find one, unfortunately. Um, yeah, the, when you won, apparently your success was seen as a portent of good luck, especially in the matters of love. Um, and they also <laughs> they loved gambling on Cotabus. Like Greeks loved, basically Greeks loved to do everything that is bad for you. They used to love to drink. 
wine, uh, gamble loads, smoke cigars if they had them. I guess they didn't have cigars, but they would smoke whatever they could find, uh, <laughs> have loads of sex. This is just what Greek society was like. Um, and apparently the winner of the competition would get a prize comprising of cakes, sweetmeats, and on occasion, kisses, which I thought was very nice. Uh, Depends who you, from, though, really. That's true. I mean, yeah, yeah if, you, if it's from fellow competitors, I'm not sure about that, but... <laughs> Junk men. <laughs> yeah, yeah, this guy with, like, really red lips from all the wine. <laughs> Hot belly. <laughs> yeah, wine belly. So that is Cottabos. There is, if you're really interested in Cottabos, there is a specialised Cottabos cup in Oxford that you can go and have a look at. I'm not sure where in Oxford, but somewhere in Oxford. So if you just go to Oxford and ask people about the Cottabos cup. <laughs> it's, only a really, really. it's been chucked on the floor, hasn't it? <laughs> I would assume so. <laughs> look on the floors of Oxford. <laughs> yeah, just scour the streets of Oxford. You're bound to find a wino, aren't you? Somewhere, surely. <laughs> I think we should do that. I think we should steal it and start up the... Like British start our own Cottabos League. I I genuinely would be very keen for Cottabos. It sounds a lot of fun. Seems like a sort of game I would excel at. Anything you have to lie down at, I'm real good at it. (laughs) (laughs) Should see Bar's sleep. He's amazing. Oh, (laughs) don't even get me started. I'll fall asleep in the middle of this podcast (laughs) if I'm not careful. (laughs) (laughs) Like most of our listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Shall I move on to my last sport? Yeah, go on. My last sport is the sport of eel pulling. Oh. We are so we are back to Holland, the Netherlands. Um, they hate animals. Love their so. animal cruelty. <laughs> yeah, in the old days, especially, and maybe less so now. But this this is a sport called palingtrekken in Dutch. I'm sure I pronounced that spot on as well. What they used to do, they would string up a rope between two houses across a canal. I don't know if you've been to Amsterdam where the streets are very narrow and like across canals, so they would just string string a rope across um and attach a, a live eel basically to the middle of the string. And then men in small boats would just float along underneath and jump and try and get him. They'd try and get this eel Aww. off the thing. So you say or but do you think it's any different to fishing? Well, fishing is not that kind either. Exactly. But fishing, you don't go, But also, oh, at least them... Um, no, but at least they can breathe, like, if you don't get them. <laughs> I was talking about this sport can, with somebody, yeah. with a friend, and do, do eels have gills? Well, I don't I, know. They live in the water. They do, don't yeah. they? But can you get... They are weird, aren't they? <laughs> Very weird things. I was surprised they didn't show up on your uh, Halloween episode, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's worse. <laughs> yeah, yeah, apparently so. Yeah, you take an eel over some mint. Um, so yeah, that was basically what the sport was. But the reason I put it in is not because of the sport; it's because of what the sport caused to happen. So uh, when it when it was allowed, winners would often receive hefty prizes, up sometimes up to six guilders, which was a week's wage in the 1800s when the game began, as well as being allowed to keep the eel for dinner. So that's that's a big bonus. Uh, uh, have you ever anybody at eels jelly deals? Maybe no, no. no. I don't think I could bear it. It seems so slippery and like chewy. But anyway, apparently in in Holland that's a delicacy. But the sport was banned in the late eighteen hundreds on animal cruelty grounds. So obviously they agreed with what you guys think, um, which drove, which only served to drive the sport underground as much as it could go underground. 
Um, <laughs> so they carried on doing it despite it being banned. And in July 1886, police in Amsterdam cracked down on the annual eel pulling on the Lindengracht Canal. Uh, so they entered a house and just cut down the rope, basically. And legend has it that the rope fell and hit a spectator who was very annoyed, so annoyed that they started whacking the police with an umbrella, <laughs> which escalated so rapidly that two hours later, the police had drawn their sabres and were there in huge numbers and rioters were hurling pulled up paving stones off the streets no at the police. So there was full scale rioting for the whole of the rest of the day profit like crazy they only had it was early like 80, late 1800s so they didn't have guns at the time um, so it was just like the police with their swords having big stones tucked at them yeah. seems horrendous but so luckily the fighting simmered down overnight um, but the next day the rioters still infuriated by the cracking down <laughs> on their obviously incredible sport uh, stormed the police station and that because of that they brought the army in the dutch no. dutch army came in with like very early guns which like, apparently the whole of the city was covered in smoke for about a day um that quickly squashed the uprising but at the end there was 26 dead hundreds injured and over 2000 rioters were put in prison after this the eel riots in amsterdam oh but what happened yeah. to the eels well, let me tell you, this is how the story ends. <laughs> the police apparently was treated to cigars. I'm not sure why that was such an important part of the story, but every website that I found this on said, oh, all the police got cigars. Um, and in 1913, the eel, which apparently started all the hubbub, showed up at an auction in Amsterdam and was sold for 175 guilders, never to be seen again. Yeah. How did they know it was that eel? I, it I, had a string on it. <laughs> probably still had an umbrella attached <laughs> I do question the veracity of that claim I reckon I could just take any eel to an auction in 1913 and go yeah started the riots didn't it 175 guilders please and then how it slapped someone in the face <laughs> yeah I, so apparently that's apocryphal but I think that's a perfect start to the story the, the hitting the police with their umbrella as well I just think that's brilliant <laughs> So, Such a good story. So yeah. slapstick, isn't it? But real. Yeah, literally slapstick. Yeah. <laughs> I think I've seen a variation of this sport before, actually. Really? Way more modern. And I'm sure it's in Spain. But rather than with an eel, it's with a chicken. And people jump off like a pier and have to try and grab onto the chicken as they're kind of before they hit the water. As they're falling. As they're falling. Yeah. Sounds a lot more modern, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting hoverboards or yeah, the in equipment these days. Yeah, what's where is the chicken when they jump off? The chicken's held up on like a rope, and you basically oh. got to try and grab the chicken and pull the <laughs> body of the chicken down into the water with you. Wow, it's horrendous. Yeah, I don't watch much of it. No, I don't think I could watch eel pulling. And I, I don't think it's a good sport. I just put it in because it's an incredible story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I came across so many animal cruelty sports in the old days. There was a sport that was played like across Europe, apparently, of animal flinging. And they literally, they'd get whatever animal they could find, get these massive catapults, and just catapult the animals as far as they could catapult them. Yeah. Why? What a horrific thing. To, like, that was their pastime. <laughs> what happens when Greeks run out of plates? 
<laughs> yeah. It becomes very technical then, because what animal do you choose? Yeah. Do you like? Do you take something with weight? Is that going to help? Mm. I'd pick something with wings. <laughs> yeah, I was just going to say that. That's cheating. <laughs> Surely you'd have weight divisions. That's what I'd expect. <laughs> so yeah, those are my three in thoughts. In a <laughs> what, to, to get, it, get the weight off it? Oh, yeah. I've just got to make weight. <laughs> Your animal in a bin bag and sending it around the block. Yeah. <laughs> That's brilliant, Buzz. Thank you so much. No problem. And um, I think we'll go with Ben next for your top three. Right. I felt a lot of pressure doing this because obviously it's my thing on You're the our horse. podcast. Yeah. Too much pressure, perhaps. <laughs> but I've gone for. My top three unusual sports that I think we could have a good crack at. So being all sort of generally quite sporty people, you know, when you look at a sport and think, I I reckon I could do that. I've choose, chosen three that I looked at and thought, uh, I could give that a go. At number three is Yuki Gassen, which translates yes. as snow battle. I love this sport. So this is essentially competitive snowball fight. Amazing. Which there is a world championship of in Hokkaido, Japan. And since being developed in Japan, is now played all over the world, including Australia, Canada, and throughout Europe. Australia famed for its snow. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. I, I think I've said the same thing. Just throwing sand at each other. <laughs> yeah. Catch this rock, eh? <laughs> so being a sport is not just a snowball fight. There needs to be rules around it. Seven aside, outdoors on a specifically designed court, which is about the size of a basketball court but has several small walls and barricades. A flag at either end. Each team has 90 snowballs which are pre-made using special snowball makers. You win by either getting all of your opponents out by hitting them with a snowball or by capturing the flag. Generally, you'll play three sets of three minutes if at the end of three minutes there's no clear winner as in both teams have some players left and neither team has got the flag then it's and just it's multi ball <laughs> <laughs> there's still strictly only three balls each <laughs> it's just whoever has lost the most team players loses that set in your teams of seven, you generally have like four offen- like offensive players who will be attacking the opponents and three defensive players who restock them with snowballs. So they're at the, <laughs> the back, behind the back barricade, oh, rolling snowballs forward. I remember you saying this. It's just passing them forward. Yeah. Quick, um, get them! Presumably, though, once you're offensive players have been knocked out like you have to go on the attack like your defensive players are in play then surely yeah do you reckon there's just there's three offensive spots and anyone can fill those spots at any point yeah i think it might just be based on like the number of 
barricades if you had any more people going forwards then mm. you wouldn't be able to get behind a barricade yeah love it if so it's tactics purist who was like no i am a defensive player just rolling the balls to no one <laughs> still with 60 <laughs> snowballs at his feet <laughs> yeah. so th- th- world championship in hokkaido japan there's also an, a european championships in finland uh annually and Sweden, Norway, Australia, the US, Canada, and Russia all have their own national championships in this sport now. Okay. Crazy. I've never heard of that. So there's room for a British championship with all our snow. We only need two more players. We'd have to go to like Scotland, somewhere in the Highlands where it snows all the time. That's where I reckon you have to have your base camp. That's yeah. where you'd set up your academy, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Like with Andy Murray's mum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just thinking we've got the five of us here. We've got Andy Murray's mum. <laughs> we've got her, have we? Where do we get her from? Very quiet. There's another Brit who I know for a fact has already played this game before. And that's James May. Really? Have you seen he did a series where he went to Japan and he actually gave this game a go? Is it? He'd have to be one of our defensive players. Oh, yeah. Captain Slice. But he has played before. Awesome. Well, he'd be a coach, surely. That's true, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Watching videos of this sport and, like, people take it very seriously. They, they, They have, like... There's a lot of um, technique which has clearly been worked on. And when they're warming up, you see uh, teammates throwing snowballs back and forth and catching them in baseball mitts. What? Yeah. <laughs> when you said there was like a special ball-making machine. Does it make them perfectly circle? It does. They look like the perfect snowball. That's Essentially, awesome. essentially it, it looks like um, a milk bottle crate, which they pack of full of snow and then press down um something on top which um squeezes excess snow out the bottom and yeah. forms these like perfect snowballs so cool i want to that's play the main that. yeah that's the main reason i want to play it is just to <laughs> have perfect snowballs to see the perfect balls number two Number two is Hantis, which yeah. is hand tennis. Oh, I've heard about this one. Oh, who hasn't heard about Hantis? <laughs> Everyone's heard about this one. <laughs> Four tables spaced between three foot and five foot apart in a square, so a quadrant. One ball. You can use your hands or any other part of your body to strike the ball. And then basically it's like table tennis. The only real difference is that you can tot it up to yourself. So during a possession, you play in teams of two and during a possession, each member of your team is allowed two hits and one hit on each of their tables in any order. So if... If it's served to me, if and the serve is similar to a table tennis um, serve, it has to hit the server's table first. 
and then bounce across and bounce onto their opponent's table. The receiver can then uh, just tot it to their partner who can then take a tot up and hit it back or they can tot it up to themselves, hit it on the table to their partner. The idea is it gets you moving all around the tables. Yeah, it's 360 degrees, isn't it? Yeah. It's a bit like spike ball, if you've ever seen spike ball, isn't it? Yeah, Yeah, so, yeah, table tennis and spike ball just mash together. Like a horrible baby. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of want to play this now. The the videos are crazy. So it was... um, invented in a school classroom it's just sort of like one of those games where like a couple of kids just started hitting a table tennis ball around and so because of that anything outside of the four tables is live so if it hits the wall the ceiling (laughs) like spectators it's still in play i love that aspect of it just hit hit anything that's around so it means the indoor game is very different to outdoors and like beach because you see people doing these crazy jumps off the wall and spiking it. I think that's, so awesome. that's basically reckon... like when you had um, you know, you had wet play at school and you weren't allowed outside. So it was basically the North kids just trying to make a new game up. <laughs> <laughs> You're yep. one of them, weren't you, Emma? <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> <laughs> So the you can score by um, the ball bouncing on a table twice before changing possession. If it bounces on the table, then hits the ground. If a player touches it three times before changing possession or hitting a player and then hitting the, the ball hitting the ground, you can double score if you can spike the ball such that it hits both of your opponent's tables then hits the ground. Yeah. So, so you, you want like a sideways shot, don't you? Yeah, you sort of want to set up your teammate to go quite far out wide and then try and spike it across both tables. I love how you said these are sports that we might be able to do. <laughs> Just jump off the wall. Oh, literally all you need is four tables and then some walls and stuff to do some cool tricks. I think the 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 second hit is a game changer. To be able to tot it up to yeah. yourself makes it a lot more sort of intuitive. They yeah, didn't they have um they, they slightly angled the tables, didn't they? Was that this sport? Yeah, they're angled inwards. Yeah, so that you can't just like slam it across them. Yeah, so it sort of slows the ball up. We were briefly in contact with the the guys who run the association, weren't we, of Hantis, just before lockdown. Yeah, and it just never came to a yeah fruition. They got locked down. So. <laughs> we were to be fair, they're in they're in different countries anyway. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> it shouldn't, shouldn't really affect anything, should it? No. <laughs> what if they play Zoom Hantis? <laughs> <laughs> So like a um, like a, a British team. You said there was a British team for the Yuki Gasson. Is the one that we could? Uh, I'm sorry, there isn't one, so we could start one. I mean, is there one already exists for Hansis, or are we starting that as well? We, we, I think we're going to have to start that as well. It's very popular um, throughout the US and Australia. 
We're just going to be international standard athletes in so many sports because we're the only ones who play. <laughs> From what I could see, there there isn't a world championship for this sport, but they are really pushing for like Olympics in- inclusion. <laughs> it's, it it's it's it, it is their end game, and it's it's on all their like media and stuff. <laughs> They haven't got, they've got like two countries that play it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> aim high, aim high. Yeah. So Ben, what's your number one? Number one, and it's number one because we've all played it before under different names. This is the Nascondino World Championship, also known as the Hide and Seek World Championship. Yeah. Uh, so... They've put some rules around your normal hide-and-seek. Teams of five, open-air course with natural and artificial hiding spots. <laughs> each round has one member of each team competing per round. You have one minute to hide and five minutes to return back to the base, which is a large soft mattress or inflatable thing to encourage diving <laughs> the, f- the first to return gets 20 points the second 19 etc etc down to zero if you're found by the seeker or don't return you don't get any points the se- <laughs> if, you if you don't return <laughs> I'm, I've had enough <laughs> well you're just too good aren't you <laughs> oh, I know hide and seek <laughs> They, That's not they, really hide and seek, is it? Because what did you call that when you were younger? We call it F U N T three. No, that's a different you're going to return game. somewhere. You're going to fight. You're going to find. Oh, if you've got back. to return somewhere, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So ours, yeah, ours is. So we called it forty forty in. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So yeah, it's not it's not hide and seek as as maybe no, traditionally it known. But... It's hide and seek on steroids, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Have <laughs> an extra nerve. Yeah. <laughs> I like, so they use neutral seekers and rather than just hanging around the base, they do sort of try to go seek people because they've got nothing to lose. They're neutral. Mm. And they try to, they try to pick rugby players and American football players because they are well suited to the role. (laughs) Of clobbering people. (laughs) So from what I could see, once somebody is out of their hiding place and making a beeline for the base it is the job of the seeker to try and beat them to it so it, it becomes like a foot race and so then there's they, no tackling they don't tackle them they or don't do they? but you can you can just see the innate want of these rugby players <laughs> to, to tackle them. Yeah. <laughs> like one guy was so obviously going to get to the base before he was and he still just dived anyway absolutely <laughs> like thwacked him when he was already on the base <laughs> got him it's a bit like world tag chase but like yeah bigger. I they, love that world tag chase I think that's so cool <laughs> this is like the is that the parkour yeah, yeah, and they have this so, very small yeah. bit and you have to evade for 10 seconds or whatever. Yeah. yeah. The the people I've seen playing this look very athletic. They're I guess all... you would be, wouldn't you? 
if you've got to be running to a base. And diving. Yeah. Plus, it helps if you're really thin to be able to hide behind stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I can see Fat Dave. He's over there. <laughs> yeah, because they... Just sit behind a the tree. <laughs> the, artifi- <laughs> the artificial ones are just lampposts and... <laughs> <laughs> really narrow things. <laughs> I think I've got this game stuffed already. I know exactly where I'd hide. Under the giant mattress that they call base. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, Chris has just ruined the game. Can't play this. <laughs> just like every time somebody gets to base. Splattered. <laughs> 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 Come on, with just broken limbs and bruises. But at least I have one. But the winner. Get 20 points. Brilliant. Right, should we move on to Emma? Okay then. Mm-hmm. I've got I have got three sports. They're not that unusual as sports, but I knew I couldn't beat um Ben and in like the amount of sports that they know. So I've gone for them being unusual because they like promote women in sport or showcase women in sport. I hope that's okay. So I've gone for So she has third. the moral high ground already. She is. She is. That's why I'm going to win. Use all your ethics against you. <laughs> uh, so I've gone the third one, or number three, I've gone volleyball. Because I, I always thought maybe volleyball wasn't that great about women, partly because of beach volleyball and the outfits, but the men actually have this, those skimpy outfits as well, so it's quite kind of equal. But the vision of the International Federation of Volleyball, which is in Brazil, um, is to be the number one family sport. So they want to inspire like really uh, young boys and girls to take part in volleyball and have sort of good sportsmanship on and off the field. So I thought that was good. They want to promote volleyball and beach volleyball. They want to promote the men's as equally as the women's. Um, so they're promoted in the same way. And they're a real pioneer of equal pay. So since 2004, they've awarded equal prize money. Which I thought was quite good because it's only been something we've heard about recently. Yeah, mm. definitely. Um, so who, who had who had done that? Sorry, Emma, the international. Oh, Federation. so it's like the Brazilian. So it's uh, yeah, the Brazilian Fed- one. Federación Internacional de Voleibol. Oh, okay. So that's F I V B. So at any so, so at any international one. tournaments, they have yeah. equal prize money. That's cool. Equal prize money, and then they've started a new league, so the Volleyball Nations League, which they started in 2018. And that had equal prize money as well. And it also had equal number of matches for men and women and equal coverage for men and women, like when it was televised. Mm-hmm. Um, and the formats were, of the competition for both genders was exactly the same. So I thought that was quite good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. More for that. Well done, volleyball. Yeah, well done, volleyball. <laughs> and then the second one I've got is one I hadn't heard of at all. So I've put this one in because I'd not heard of it. So extreme e racing, oh extreme e racing series, it's called. So it's not one that's actually a sport that's that started yet. I think it was due to start this year, but you know, COVID and everything. So it's twenty twenty one now. And <laughs> um, so, um, it stands for electrification, environment, and equality. So it's um it's tagged as the pioneering electric off road racing series. And every team has to field a, ma- a male and a female driver. So basically, the competition will compete can be comprised uh, of sort of two laps, and they have each gender has to keep, um, complete a lap each, and they have to change over like it's in, it's in the rules that they have to change. They're not allowed to just keep the woman driving or the man driving because they're better. 
So they only do two laps of the course. I think it's just two laps. Yeah. Wow. I th- I think they're meant to be really long courses right. though, because the, yeah. the races are taking place in like the desert and it's the Amazon jungle. Yeah, I haven't said that bit yet. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to they have to have the same style of cars in the heats, in the semis, and in the finals, and the same style of cars across the board, sort of thing as well. So say if it was like a Tesla, they would have to have Teslas, for example. So um, there's, there's no advantage for each team. Exactly, yeah. So it comes car. down to the race there. Mm-hmm. And then, like, them really spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> um, they, they take place in, like, really remote regions and also regions mm-hmm. that they want to make sure are highlighted that, of the impact of climate change. So they go to places like um, Brazil and then they try and bring global attention to the deforestation they go to i'm not sure which country but it's the west african coast so i think the laps are pretty long um and they talk <laughs> about the rising sea levels and they go to greenland they talk about the melting ice caps but it's starting in 2021 now so we'll see like we'll see if it comes true but um i thought that was a pretty is decent the, score is the electricity like renewable yeah, so it's all like um, yeah, like um, renewable energy. It's not kind of um, running on petrol or diesel or anything. I think so. They're all e cars. And they're they're being they'll be transported around the world on a big like scientific research boat. So wherever they go, apparently they'll be conducting scientific research as well. Wow. Is what I understand nice. of it. Yeah. Yeah. To minimise so, impact. Yeah, exactly. So it's like dress a bit with a race. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was good. Because also it's like not just the gender stuff, it's all about like the environment and stuff yeah. like that as well. I've always, my first, with, oh, I've always thought with motor racing, I don't see why there aren't more, well, like obviously the reason there aren't more women in motor racing is because there hasn't been in the past and it's just still traditional. But there's no reason why women can't be just as good or better even in motor racing yeah. because it's not something that is has a physical baseline is it the only thing i have seen before is i have seen about um like different perceptions of fear and i, I think mm. there is a, some like evidence uh, yeah. about men risk. having like a yeah like a risk factor sort of yeah, element to it yeah. True, yeah but it can that can be something that you can train at like so yeah, yeah that's interesting but also the confidence at a young age, I think, like, women don't necessarily have that kind of confidence. And I think yeah. you need to be confident. And oh, yeah. I don't know much about, like, Formula One, but it seems like they start from a really young age and they have to Definitely. go through. Yeah. 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 Well, that's what I know, like, the rallies. And... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. What's your um, number one? Yeah. So number one, I've gone local. So number one, I've got the uh, Birmingham 2022 Commonwealth Games. Well, we know what the Commonwealth Games is, but this one is, a lot, is going to be a little bit different. So this one is going to be the first major multi-sport event um, to award more medals to women than to men. Um, There's only two more. So women event, uh, medal events for women will get 136 medals, whereas the men will get 134. So it's only two difference, but it's kind of a switch in in the norm and so it's going to include sports like uh, women's t20 cricket and then it's also going to integrate para sports program rather than it being like now it's the 
I don't know what you call like the non-Paralympic section of it, but it's going to kind of be really integrated within it. Um, so they're not going to be so separate. Um, and so there'll be more events, plus it'll be really integrated. Um, and it's also going to be the record number of mixed events. So there's going to be 13 mixed events um, in this Commonwealth Games, which is more than ever before. So it's only 13, but I think that's a lot. Yeah. Um, so that'll be in things like swimming and then like relays and stuff and athletics as well. That's maybe, in 2022. Maybe in the Crown July. Green Bowls as well, because that's going to be an event, isn't it? <laughs> Say that sarcastically, Joe, or is that true? (laughs) (laughs) That's going to be such an event. (laughs) To be fair, I've watched a lot of bowls, and it's as engaging as curling. Yeah. Yeah, Curling is the best sport ever. Oh, curling's incredible. Bowls is great, though. Crusty Crown Green Bowls, there is such a tactical aspect to it, how you use the crown. No, it, it's really good and such old people playing which makes yeah. it even more fun <laughs> there's always that will they won't they get back up again after that <laughs> that's, that's more important than the actual sport <laughs> so just in a bit of a, a change to how we normally do things uh, because mm-hmm. we've had three guests on this week Joe is actually going to be our guest judge but before I hand it over to Joe to pick the, the biggest ranker this week I'm just going to say it's not looking good, guys. Boz has got animal doping and cruelty. Ben's got all of the sports that all kids made up. And Emma's been very socially responsible. Cheater. She's a cheater. I knew she was going to do this. I know how to play a game. Socially responsible, but boring. Boring. <laughs> well, let's hope Joe feels the same way for you. Well, I know what it's like now. Uh, like, I hate judging. I'm not going to do this again. <laughs> um, it started off with Boz and Ben, and I was thinking, shit, like, there's all, six cracking sports. I mean, I think I'd rather play Ben's sports eel than grabbing. Boz's oh, what? Like the eel pulling was just an absolute highlight, but I have to go for Emma's three choices as the winner because it's everything that I would agree with and stand for as well environmental and and gender. Oh, play to your crowd, Emma. I mean, it was me and David and Ben for ages. Oh, thanks, Jay. And you still being a friend for about six years then, or longer probably. <laughs> oh, God, eight, nine years. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Never had a chance to <laughs> You've been grooming yeah. me. Why are we even here? <laughs> <laughs> so you're going to put the guys out of their misery then, Joe, and tell them who came second and who came third? Oh, yeah, shit, I have to do that. Um... <laughs> Um, so, because I don't want to play Boz's, um, I don't know, because I have lived in the Netherlands for a year, mm. but I think... And how many eels did you see while you were there? I was going to say, so you've had your fill of eels by now. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see any eel inside, I'm afraid, but um, too much animal cruelty, I'm afraid. <laughs> and so it's got to be Ben for second place. Um, there are worse reasons to lose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Buzz in third, Ben in second, and this week's biggest ranker is Emma. Congratulations. Thank you. I've always thought you were a massive <laughs> ranker, Emma. Right, we move on to. Triple R. 
Anthony Joshua, who one of our piggy banks is named after, Anthony Joshua. Nice. <laughs> um, I assume you've all heard of Anthony Joshua? Yes. Old AJ, big friends. Yeah. <laughs> He's as close with you as um, Andy Murray's mum is with me, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the three gifts that Anthony Joshua's ordered online. He's gone random but expensive this week. Mm. Uh, so the first item is a pair of golden shoelaces worth $19,000. Jesus. <laughs> the second item is a quad ski. So it's half quad bike, half jet ski, and they're valued at around $50,000. What? Where, where did they go online, the water? Both. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh. And only fifty thousand dollars. Yeah, that seems like a steal. That's all right, isn't it? Delivery. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> they can, well, they can just drive it to you, can't they? <laughs> if you're ordering one, don't hold us to the free delivery here. Um, and the final item is a genuine Spartan helmet worn by a Spartan, which is eighty thousand dollars. And can be found somewhere in Oxford. <laughs> On the floor. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's he keeping? What's he regifting? And what is he sending back? Uh, he like surely he's keeping the quad ski, isn't he? Definitely. Yeah. Why did you ever get rid of that? Yeah, I'm thinking of buying one now. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think he like he wouldn't regift that. It's too much. It's too big a gift to give. Because then that person's in your debt forever. And also, you've you've given that away, but you can't, like, join them when they use it. Yeah, unless you buy one for yourself. Yeah. I'm sure he could buy two, though. That's true. Yeah, maybe. So maybe he wants, like, a, he wants to start, like, a gang, a quad ski gang. Yeah. Like a biker gang. <laughs> he got one for himself, and he was like, oh, no one's here to join. <laughs> so, so he's going to give it to... to him someone else, and I'll get himself a new one. <laughs> Well, <laughs> I mean, he's definitely. I think he's definitely keeping the quad ski. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless he's bought another one, he's got to keep it. Keep yeah. it and yeah. buy more. Yeah. 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 Okay. Keep the quad ski. That's the team. Yeah. yeah. Regift the genuine Spartan helmet. Do you think any of AJ's friends wants a Spartan helmet? No. Does he have any friends? Do you think anybody does? <laughs> <laughs> what about Eddie Hearn? Is he friends with Eddie Hearn? He's the nutter uh, one, isn't he? Um, he owns Anthony Joshua. Yeah. yeah. Soul, I, soul box. Yeah. I have a feeling that Eddie Hearn would be massively into having a Spartan helmet to just walk around with. You reckon? So yeah. specifically re-gifting it to Eddie Hearn? Yeah. <laughs> He's a promoter, and he's one of the weirdest guys that you'll ever find. He's and has like, loads of money. Yeah, he's just a proper geezer, isn't he? What I mean, what do you get? The guy who's got everything. Yeah, a genuine Spartan helmet, probably. Uh, yeah, oh, that's yes. true. And yeah. you can get golden shoelaces. <laughs> There's only one Spartan helmet. <laughs> exactly. 
And maybe as well, like with it being boxing, maybe like there's some kind of history with the Spartans and yeah, they were warriors, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, I think the golden shoelaces are really ostentatious. Which again, <laughs> <Do you think? laughs> good, good for Eddie Hearn, but <laughs> I don't know if anyone else would want them really. They're strange. And things. how heavy on your feet as well. Yeah, true. Yeah. It could cause um, like fantasiatis or whatever. And then yeah. Yeah. yeah, you get a bad case of heavy legs. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be light on your feet as a boxer. What did um, Muhammad <laughs> Ali say? <laughs> yeah. Float like a butterfly, sting like yeah. some golden shoelaces <laughs> in the wallet. <laughs> <laughs> so we all agreed that he's going to keep the quad ski, re-gift the Spartan helmet to Eddie Hearn Hearn and give back to whatever online shop the golden (laughs) shoe. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Definitely. Nice. Great. Do you know what time it is now, Joan? Time for the pun gun? It is time for the pun gun. So our winner this week, Emma, can you pick a number between one and three? Three. Three it is. Three is US state. So we're going to be mashing sports. Doesn't have to be an unusual sport, any sport, with US states. Can it be an unusual US state? (laughs) (laughs) Like a state of mind. That's all of them, isn't it? (laughs) So we'll give you a few minutes just to think them up. And while we do that, do you want to do a hello friend again, Joe? Let's do a hello friend. Let's do it. Okay. Wow. Hello, friend. Hi, we are Dads and Lads of Podcast. Join Sean, my 15-year-old son, and myself, Stuart, his outspoken dad. We talk about everything from sport to Sean's learning difficulties or anything that takes our fancy. Mixed with some northern humour and some off-the-cuff remarks, come and give us a listen every Sunday. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts or on Twitter at Dads and Lads Pod. Also, you can join our Facebook group by searching Dads and Lads the Podcast on Facebook. Thank you. You won't be disappointed. Have you ever wondered what shows are like in foreign countries, but the language barrier is what stopped you from giving them a chance? My name's Maggie, and I host the podcast, Have You Seen It?, where I talk about TV shows from countries all around the world. If you're like me, you spend more time on Netflix looking for something to watch than actually watching something. So if you don't want to spend time scrolling through Netflix or even Hulu, check out my podcast for some show suggestions. I talk about the plots, tell you who the cast is, what I liked and what I didn't like about the shows. And I also throw in some fun facts about each country, tell you where in the world the show takes place, how close they are to any other shows that I've already covered, mention any cultural differences or similarities that I noticed, and my favorite part are the words and phrases that I picked up while watching these shows. You can check out Have You Seen It on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, and most other places you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at OfficialHYSI. That's O-F-F-I-C-I-A-L-H-Y-S-I. And make sure to like the Facebook page at Facebook.com slash OfficialHYSI. Let me help you find your new favorite show. Hello. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of the Rank Bank Podcast. I'm Josh Shell, host of the Let's Start a Cult Podcast. Once you're finished this episode and find out who the biggest ranker is, 
consider checking out my podcast where myself and some guests do deep dives into the incredibly dark and weird world of cults. Find out about how cults are built and the strange people who build them. Look for Let's Start a Cult Podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts or go to letstartacultpodcast.com to learn more. Now back to the wonderful Rank Bank Podcast. Locked and loaded, ready for the fungus? Yep. Yeah, yep. I've got my shotgun ready. Well, if it's ready, do you want to fire first, Buzz? Why not? Let's start with an easy one. I got tennis C. Oh, so have I. Uh, uh, <laughs> let you go first. <laughs> I went for tennis knee. <laughs> oh, that's quite good. I've got Utahville tennis. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got like that. <laughs> I got Ken Pucky. Oh, nice, like a hockey puck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've got uh, Arizona marking. I got the same. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's so nerdy. <laughs> I've got Florida. Ooh, oh, that's really that's good. That's I couldn't good. get one for Florida. I got Wiscon Swim. Oh, no, nice also one. good. Sounds nice. Yeah. I've gone for a couple of offshoots, so I've gone for Amphibia, so I've gone for ones that are injury related. (laughs) So I've gone for Nefracture. (laughs) 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 And Delatare. Nice, Delatare. Oh, that's good. Colorado. Oh, Colorado. I got (laughs) Colorado (laughs) Judo. What? Uh, I've got Judo Colorado. I've got Colorado Dojo. Oh, I thought. Oh, uh, good. Oh, hi, Jumpo. <laughs> <laughs> so, staying with Ohio, I've got Chris Ohio. Oh, that's good. I was really, I really wanted to come up one with this famous sportsman. I just couldn't get any in. Oh, I've got a couple if you want them. Oh, nice. Go. <laughs> Mississippi. Oh, that's good. I put Mississippi on. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, who else have I got? Uh, Paula Road Roadcliff, <laughs> as in Rhode Island. Rhode Island. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one doesn't oh, no. work. That's a real I was thinking like, horse yeah. Rhode Island, but it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I've got um, Massachusetts. Mm, oh, nice. that's good. I got Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. What's that? Like when you shoot in a oh, sport. Shooting. It's not very good. I got Pentathlon No. Pentathlon Sylvania? No. I see what you're trying to do. Yeah, I can see where you're going with that. <laughs> I put Jar Alai, like Hawaii. Ah, very good. Yeah, that is another of our WWE sports. Jar Alai, yeah. Jar Alai. I put also. Ben, I thought you had one written down for Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii the lads. <laughs> <laughs> Being a Geordie is a sport, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Professional Geordieing. Yeah. I've got a, a third Hawaii one. I've got Hawaii eating competition. 
Was in like a pie eating competition. Oh, oh. Not bad. Not certain that's a sport, but still. <laughs> I put the new Mex, Me- oh, the new Mex games to go. No, the X games. Not great. Yeah, I see what you've oh, done. <laughs> Minus yoga. Nice. Minus. Oh yeah, that is good. <laughs> that took a little time. I like that. Sorry. Oklahoma run. Oh, I got the same. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you guys spend too much time together. <laughs> yeah, we definitely do. George Avalon. He's in Georgia. Uh, Georgia. Mm. Ah. That is good. I put VAR Mont. <laughs> uh, I went for West Virginia. LAUGHTER <laughs> Tex AstroTurf. Alaska Rati. I got Alice Skating. Nice. Oh, nice. Alice Skating. Oh, yeah. Have we got many left? I've, I've, I've got one I've, more. Yeah. I've got a couple more. I'm out. I've used mine. Tapped out. Okay, so uh, Damon Hillenoy. <laughs> That's good. Uh, Mine's not technically a state, but I got Seattle cock. Arson saw. It is, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for asking. <laughs> is that like Arson Banger? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, um, sorry, one. <laughs> Colin Rado Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> I love that one. That's uh, my last one was uh, Utarchery. Oh, that's oh, good. Nice. Yeah, that's very good. Um, oh, I've only got the terrible ones left. <laughs> Just say them, Ben. Go quick fire. New West Hampshire. Nice. Oh, yeah, I get it. <laughs> Michael. Oregon. That's a reach. I don't, I don't get that one. <laughs> Michael I think Owen. we should have stopped it. Uh, <laughs> Michael Owen. <laughs> or, uh, what else? Kineta Cutback. Yeah. Yeah. We'll go with that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think, and yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> you've got one more. You've definitely got one more. I've got a couple more that are awesome. <laughs> Get in the Ida hole. <laughs> that was great. Why would you hold that back? The world would have never known. <laughs> Mo and Tanner. <laughs> what is that? Just Brummy Sports? Like Mo Farah. Oh, they're just moaning. <laughs> um, Canusis. Kansas, Kansas, Kansas. Oh, no. no, you can't have that one. <laughs> and North Hakota is my final one. <laughs> oh, that's good. Brilliant. Should we, uh, should we move on to the bonus, JJ? Yeah, bonus. 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 Right, so the bonus question this week is a bit of a lengthy one, but I'm sure you guys can handle it. Imagine you're... <laughs> Imagine you're super rich to the point where you've got 10 You could buy golden shoelaces. You could buy golden tyres for your quad ski. Didn't take much imagination. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) 
your podcast is doing considerably better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> um, with all this money, you want to invest in a sport. So you decide to start a well-funded team from scratch. Which sport are you choosing? Which location? The team name? We want a mascot and we want a star player. Right, so I think I'll go first, shall I? Um, so for me, for the sports, it was a toss-up between two fantastic sports, curling or spikeball. But I've had to go for my absolute ultimate favourite sport to watch. I mean, I've never played it, um, and that's curling. It's a bit boring and predictable. But um, So I've picked the location is going to be um, in Canada because that's where all, apparently like all the cool curling people go and it's where all the big competitions are and in Canada you're like celebrity if you're like a curler so obviously my team's going to be in Canada so I've picked Calgary just because it's an alliteration on the name that I want which is the Calgary Curlews because um apparently you're meant to have animals in your name like the done thing and curlew has the word curl in it which a curlew is like a bird with very long thin legs that just kind of toodles <laughs> just like that <laughs> <laughs> um, so um calgary curlews and my mascot is going to be a curlew um but its tummy is going to be like um a squishy red curling stone it's going to look a bit weird, but it's just a bird with a curling stone for its tummy, but that's <laughs> And I think I'll put, I need a name for it. Um, curly. Curly the curly. <laughs> <laughs> it's going along your team with everything just having curl in it. And then when I say it's predictable, everyone knows what's going to be my star player. She does already play curling, so she's, I've not even had to make her play another sport, but it's Eve Merhead. And oh, yeah. I, I don't know, for me, she's like my top woman in sport. She's just like incredible at her age, leading like, oh, what do they call it? The skipper um, yeah. for the Great Britain team for many years now. And she just like seems to never get flustered, which is like opposite to me. And um, <laughs> also like in golf, she has currently a handicap of three, but she has played off a handicap of one and said that she could like go off scratch, but curling just takes up too much of her time so I just think she's like an all-round athlete and um well done Eve if you're listening not that you've ever listened <laughs> no. to this, but well done on your MBE this year very proud of you well done no, yeah. um so that's my, my team right. anyone else want to jump in I'll, I'll go wait. next go on Ben yeah, yeah so I would invest in esports because that's where the money is that's the future it is. Um, star player, Mess E. <laughs> <laughs> is that a real esports player? I would not be shocked if that was true. I don't know, actually. <laughs> um, team name, E Lemonators. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I got such a groan. <laughs> Base, based in Ely, in Suffolk. <laughs> Mascot, eel. <laughs> oh, nice! I like that. Can I pull it, please? Please. <laughs> I think you're gonna have to like improve the internet connection in Ely. Yeah. <laughs> no, Ely. 
Yeah, it, it's quite a small town, if if that. Like, so it's Cambridgeshire, is it? Yeah. Because, like, esports players move countries, don't they? Like, they go to Sweden and stuff for the better internet connection, don't they? Really? Long, is it, the team? True, yeah. That's that's where most of your investment is going to go in this team, is internet. Cabling. Optic cabling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So oh, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm enjoying that one. What else we got? So I want to start an extreme ironing team because, <laughs> because that's a sport that I really enjoy. Um, I thought the best place to start it would be in Liberia because in Liberia they have an iron mine called the Bong Mine, which I think is so funny. So I thought that was good. Uh, they'd be called the Liberia Liberaches. Because obviously he obviously ironed his shirts. Obviously, <laughs> it's an important part of his character. Um, and when I think of irons, I think of like Monopoly characters. So I thought the mascot would just be a boot, which I think is obviously the best uh, Monopoly character. <laughs> and my star player would be my mum because I've never seen anyone iron better than she does. Oh. <laughs> I like how you ordered that. That's just me saying I never did the iron and mum did it all the time. <laughs> and you're going to get one extra listener to your podcast this week. <laughs> <laughs> Honourable mention, Yeah. She'll never listen again after I've said that. <laughs> I think yeah, she'll actually be offended. It won't be a surprise to her. <laughs> You got uh, so I've gone for Swamp Football, a Swamp Ball, which is one of the ones that uh, Ben and Boz talked about on their podcast. One, one or two you were there ago. too? I was there, but I didn't know about it beforehand. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I've gone for... We thought about putting Rooney as the star player, but he's been demoted to the mascot. <laughs> so I'd say Rooney as the mascot. Same as he has at Darwin. And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then keep him in line with this sort of a promotion of females in sport, Princess Fiona as a star player. Oh, amazing. Um, and location, could have said the kingdom of far, far away, but it's gone for Lincolnshire because I had to live there for a short time <laughs> for my first jobs. And it's swampy and boggy and flat and it's probably <laughs> a really good place to say swamp ball. <laughs> full of ogres. Um, <laughs> yeah, full of people we, with we, weird feet. <laughs> we were driving through Lincolnshire the other day and I was like, Chris, you do know Emma lived around here yeah. for a while. Yeah, like, you know, you've got to be saying something when you had to back in Birmingham, so. <laughs> Emma was kept and captive then, here. <laughs> and then the name, I'm not sure about it, but I've gone Swamp Swaggers, but I need to make, I need to refine that a bit, but, um, yeah, that's the name so far. With a Z, swaggers with a Z. Oh, Obviously. no. There's Sorry. no other way to spell it. <laughs> A-Z at the end. Do that. No, it's E-R-S. <laughs> spell it properly. Brilliant. So, yeah, I think tryouts for all these teams are next week, listeners, if you want to sign up to any. Uh, although, you've already got your star players now, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, but we need, yeah. Squad, we need bench players, so. Yeah. 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 That's true. These are the roll of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, I think that's it. Um, so th- thank you, uh, thank you all. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thank you. Um, 
Well, thank you so much for all the like effort you put in, and it's been really fun. And yeah, and now the break will start. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's the second part you're not so pleased with, are you? <laughs> After two hours, it sunk in. Oh, hang on a minute. Oh, hang on. What's he saying about me? <laughs> No, but honestly, it's been really fun. So thank you so much. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah. remember to check out the Bugsy Coaches as well if you uh, if you enjoyed these yeah. guys. You can find them. Where can we find you? Uh, we are Bugsy Coaches. <laughs> <laughs> ben, you can find it Ely. Uh, yeah, we're, we're just Backseat Coaches on any podcast app, uh, all separate words, or you can find us at backseatcoaches.co.uk. Oh, you've got a website. Yeah, yeah we're fancy like that. Yeah. Wow, Bob's spending his money. <laughs> 19,000 I got back for taking those shoelaces back. <laughs> that was a really great episode. Thanks to Backseat Coaches. Well done, Emma, for being this week's biggest ranker. And I love our new names Breakwell Tart and Jurgen Belly Flop. If you want to get in touch, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at RankBankPod or you can email us at RankBankPod at gmail.com. Remember to subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. Our intro and outro music is Dream of the Forest Jazzy Mix by Articon. And the Pun Gun Round is inspired by the brilliant No Dogs podcast. <laughs>